0: Hi there, welcome to another episode of the More Just Code podcast. I'm handling the hosting duties by myself this week, and I was fortunate enough to be talking to Tammy Coron, a developer from Tennessee, the other day, and we decided to fire up the microphones and record our conversation. Um, as well as uh, being a developer, uh, Tammy also hosts the roundabout.fm. Uh, podcast along with her uh, partner Felipe Lasso and um, so we talk about podcasting we talk about development we talk about uh, how we got to where we are today so hope you enjoy the show here it comes and so so Tammy what do you do
1: I do (laughs) see now you put me on the spot I'm a creative professional. Let's start there.
0: Okay, so what does a creative professional mean?
1: <laughs> it means that if there's something that I want to do that's creative, that is of interest to me, I'll do it. And that can be anything from writing or developing or illustrating. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I do a lot of things. Um, right now, what I, what I really enjoy doing is drawing. But that's right now. You know, yeah. in an hour from now, I might decide that, you know, I'm in the mood to write and then I'll just write.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny sometimes we have a Skype delay, which is why, why I do the check thing, right? Cause it gets out of whack.
1: Yes. Yeah, Skype gets crazy sometimes.
0: Yeah. And and you guys record off Skype. Like, do you get like two separate tracks or how does it work with you? We guys?
1: We use a uh, Ecamm call recorder, which is really good. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't do exactly what I was hoping that it would do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to split out the audio and video tracks because we do all of our recording uh, with video as well because we... Oh,
2: do you? Okay. Well,
1: you know what it is? If, it, there's, if there's a better interaction there with the person that you're speaking with just because you can see them.
0: Your podcast is only audio though, right?
1: Podcast is audio only. Um, right. We're not sure that we'll ever bring video on, but we do keep the raw video files mm. should we ever decide to do it. And yeah, the thing with yeah. Call Recorder is it will split out the different tracks... The mm-hmm. only thing it doesn't do is that if, you know, we have, I'm recording, Felipe is recording, and then we have our guest, obviously they're not recording. Right. So Yeah. in my recording, I'll have my own track and then I'll have a second track, which includes Felipe and our guest. And that's what gets tricky. And on his recording, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just him. And then his second track is me and the guest. Right. The, the hope was that it would be three separate tracks but it's not
0: yeah so well i mean i, I did a, a podcast with uh, ash furrow who's a developer from uh, eastern canada who's been working in amsterdam and so he started a thing called springboard i don't know if he's still doing it anymore but um he basically started me off with you know you record on on quick time, and i'll record on QuickTime, and then you know i sent him my file and I, I was his guest obviously and i sent him the file at the end of the day and then he went in and edited it and i can I know that when we first started doing um, more than just code podcast, Mark and I were often on the same track or, or Mark didn't have a proper USB mic. So we would get lots of bleed from the other two talks to other two speakers. You know, he was using like a, I think earbuds from Apple. And so, you know, you could, you could hear very faintly, you could hear the other voices. And so it was a nightmare for me to edit. I'm sure it is for you with the two people on one track, right? Um so what we do now is we, you know, when I get the four separate tracks, I literally just sync them up and set the levels, and then I listen to the listen to the content and figure out where I'm going to make my edits, and then then I do a mix down, and then I then I go in and, and do the uh, the actual chopping of the piece up. So i I'm, I've cut my my editing time down like to like from six hours down to one.
1: Yeah, the the editing takes a lot of time. I I do our editing in adobe audition and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know i I have a lot of extra tracks in there and i'm a real perfectionist when it comes to that like if if there's too many long pauses or too many stutters because i stutter Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. when i talk
0: yeah i'm surprised how much i stutter as well i was really surprised by that
1: yeah well i cut it out i boom it's gone (laughs) yeah i did (laughs) post-production
0: And so I hadn't really realized how much I stutter b- 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 when I'm, you know, trying to get my point out. Basically, fighting for time with the three other guys too. I guess that's part of the thing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you've got four yeah. on there.
0: Yeah, and I like that format because it gives it gives, um, we, you know, because Aaron and I, you know, we see things a lot similarly. I think in some cases he sometimes, you know, when he argues with me, it actually gets pretty funny. But, uh, but Mark and, and Jaime, because they're coming from different perspectives, you know, from experience and, and where they work, uh, they have very interesting perspectives on stuff. So it's good to, I think it's good to have the four-way, four-way communication, you know, it's a challenge for me to edit, but whatever it's, it, it's worth it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: There's nothing wrong with having more voices on the podcast than less. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can tend to get overcrowded, but I've listened to your podcast. I think you guys handle it very well.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You know, it, I, I, it's. To be honest with you, I do go in, and and sometimes when the four of us jump in on a point, I'll go in and listen to each track separately. Another advantage of having it separated, and and I'll pick out which one I like the best, and then that's the one that wins.
1: Yeah, well, luckily on this end, you know, I I tend to use my recordings for the podcast just because it's a lot easier. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I'll say that I don't like that I say, so it's a lot easier for me to just cut out what I'm saying and let Felipe and the guests have at it.
0: Well, that's that's the be- that's the benefit of being the editor, right? I, I'm the same way. I tend I probably tend to cut myself out when I sound really stupid, you know, or often. And I tell these guys, you know, when when I'm talking that a lot of times I'm paying attention to the actual podcasting part of it. Like I'm looking at the levels and and saying I am often not listening to the speaker, and I may may reiterate what they had just said two seconds earlier, and it sounds really dumb on the podcast. So I leave that in though. You know what I'm I, I don't I, I think I think that. Um, I think it's okay. It's a more natural way of, of, uh, of conversing. And and I think people appreciate that. That said, I was listening, I read a post by Marco Armet on um, marco.org yesterday. And he was talking about, you know, equipment that you use and about being professional in your podcasting and making sure that you do edit out the ums and the pauses, like you were saying, like, but he's saying going beyond that, also doing, doing some editorial editing, you know, to make sure that you're, you're not saying dumb stuff, and, and uh, it, it's staying on point and things like that. So,
1: Yeah, I have a really bad habit about saying dumb things. I do it all the
0: time. <laughs> and the
1: other thing I do a lot is say whoops a lot. So that's yeah. why I'm, I'm really thankful I'm not a doctor or some important type oh, position. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be totally making mistakes and cutting off the wrong arms, and it would be yeah. horrible. And that's kind of why I like what I do because nobody is going to get seriously injured if I do my job wrong.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I used to say, you know, cause way back when I, I was a network administrator
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, the, the, the biggest, scariest part of my job was maybe your email didn't work. And right. I'm pretty sure no one's going to die if your email doesn't work. Cause if yeah. you really need to talk to someone and it's a life or death matter, there's always a telephone. So right. I never felt that, that pressure of, Oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen if I screw up.
0: Were you on the original Ray Wonderlick podcast? Is that kind of how you got started in this thing or?
1: Yeah, I did the first season with them. Right. And had a blast. You know, it, it was a real good time. Sure. And as you know, when that came to an end, I was like, "Oh, that was cool." You know. <laughs> And I didn't really give it any much thought beyond that. You know, I had other projects going on and, and podcasting wasn't something that I had ever intended to do, but I'll be honest with you. Everything that I've done in my life has not been anything I intended to do. It just sort of
2: happens. Mm -hmm.
1: And my husband was saying just on a whim, you know, you and Felipe should do a podcast. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, you guys sounded really like you had a lot of fun. You guys should just do it. And I think Felipe's, um, girlfriend who's his fiance now also had the same comments to say about you guys should just do a podcast why not so kind of on a whim we just got together and we were like hey you want to do a podcast sure
0: so <laughs> for <laughs> That was the second part of the question was how how did you and Felipe get together like how, how, I guess you met through the Ray Rundlich um group as well
1: yeah hundred percent um yeah. you know we just sort of we didn't really know each other I mean we've seen each other on the at the time I guess it was IRC or whatever we mm-hmm. were using for mm-hmm. the Ray stuff mm-hmm. and then we really got to know one another on the podcast and and we're friends outside of work you know yeah so we we chat all day through i am poor guy i I bother him at like two in the morning hey are you up i have an idea yeah but he never responds until like 10 a.m the next day so.
0: So, so yeah so so where where is he located like i gather he's in europe somewhere
1: he's in ecuador
0: oh ecuador yes yeah, oh, okay. so he's in
1: eastern time zone right oh, really? now okay. and i'm and in central. no excuse
0: oh you are in central okay I i'm see. in central where where are you located
1: i'm in tennessee yeah, Tennessee's nice. I, I I live on a farm out here with my husband and our two sons and lots and lots of animals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, back to, well, Hey, what do you do for a living? Sure. Um, people look at me and they, they really don't know what to make of me because I, I look like I should be an extra on the walking dead. I mean, yeah, I, I'm about as disheveled as a person can get you know, half the time I'm, I'm covered in muck from being on the farm. And, sure. You know, so when people say, oh, what do you do? And I tell them I'm a developer. Yeah. They're like, really? You do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. That's what I-
0: so is, is Tennessee similar to Georgia, if we're talking about The Walking Dead for a minute?
1: It's, it's nice out here. I mean, the, the closest store that we have, um, you know, real major store is about 20 minutes away. And, and there's not a lot around us. Yeah. Which is nice. I'm I'm not a big social person. I mean, when I was younger, I was really social. I would mm-hmm. be out and, and be with people all the time. But now I just kind of do my thing at home and don't really get out much.
0: Oh, so Nashville is Tennessee, right? Yeah. I, was just, I just opened up the maps app on uh, my, my Mac here so I can see where you are.
1: Yeah, we are two hours from Nashville and two hours from Memphis. We are right in the middle.
0: Okay. Oh, so is Memphis also Tennessee? Or yep. yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, you're right by Chattanooga. Look at that.
2: Yeah, I'd love that.
1: <laughs> Even the Pardon tornadoes me. are not that bad. There's not a lot around us, although we are like the music capital of the world. I think.
0: Yeah, well, you've got the whole um, Memphis and or yeah, Memphis and uh, Nashville, right? So isn't yeah. uh, Elvis from Memphis or something like that? Or? Yeah.
1: In fact, when I. I don't fly and pretty much everyone who knows me knows that I don't fly.
2: Mm.
1: And the very first time I flew, I was 17 years old, I think. And yeah. I was going to go visit my dad who at the time lived in Tennessee and I was going to fly by myself. Yeah. And I remember I I was on medication because I went to the doctor. I said, I got to get on a plane and you know can you help me with that so he prescribed me some sort of thing to calm down but I don't think I took it right or there wasn't enough or something because I was still kind of panicked Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and when I got on the plane I became even more panicked because like half of the plane was dressed like Elvis I guess it was anniversary of his death (laughs) or his birthday
0: so it
1: kind of just made things a whole lot worse
0: that's funny yeah
1: but yeah, I, Graceland was awesome. If if you ever get a chance to go out there, you should.
0: So, how are you getting to the the RW CON? Are you going to drive up or? Oh yeah, a train?
1: I'm definitely going to drive. I I always mm. tell people if if you need a kidney or something, you better hope you're in driving distance
0: because <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get me there.
0: What your kidney can't even fly? No, my kidney can't fly. <laughs> no
1: part of this body can fly.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, let me ask you about the Walking Dead. Did you? and Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the, the finale of the mid-season finale. Did you watch the mid-season finale? Or
1: okay, here's the problem. <laughs> I don't yeah. have cable TV. Okay. Um, so I have to anything that I want to watch, I stream through iTunes. Right. So it doesn't come out until Monday for me.
0: Oh, really? Oh. And
1: I man. know not to get on social media on Sunday night.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I forgot. Oh no. I totally forgot. And I got on Sunday night and I saw, I saw the RIP Beth. Yeah. And I was like, what? So of course, curiosity got the better of me and I wanted to see how Beth died. And then I ended up watching the scene. Someone already posted it online and here I am Sunday night having zero willpower, knowing everything that happens. And then I couldn't keep my mouth shut. You know, I, I watch it with my son and my husband, and yeah, yeah. they woke up Monday morning. I'm like, you're never going to guess what
2: happened.
1: <laughs> I didn't when, tell them. But then my son, who's got no willpower like me, he's like, well, if you're not going to tell me, I'm just going to go on the Internet and look, and sure enough, he did. Yeah.
0: So did you watch the whole episode, or you just watched the, the, the last part? Of oh, that? no,
1: I, I watched the whole episode, but it was so senseless. I mean, Beth's character was just starting to uh
0: I know, awesome, merge. eh?
1: But you know yeah. it's same thing with Bob. Like I didn't like Bob, but as soon as you start getting more screen time, you know you're dead.
0: You think, eh? Yeah. Oh eh? wow. <laughs> did I say that? You <laughs> did,
1: I had to point it out. <laughs>
0: Thanks for that. My my son is uh he's an editor for The Toronto Star, which is our big paper up here, but uh and he's very good. He's read a lot of comic books. And he obviously he's read all The Walking Dead and he's got like, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand titles in his house. Of different things, so he's read, he's sort of seen all the arcs and all the possible things. And I mean, those of us who those of who don't who don't read graphic novels, uh, we don't sort of get the whole like yeah, everybody's expendable uh, side of television and movies now. You know, uh, in the middle of a, in the middle of a series, you can you know, can knock off a character just because.
2: Well, you know? have
1: you been watching Z Nation?
0: No, I haven't. I you know, I hadn't, and then the reason why I haven't been watching it is because I I, I kind of sort of want to see it from the very beginning. I should tell you my I should tell you my, my thing about zombies because
1: um be nice now because they're my favorite
0: well no i mean and and this is this is this is going to make sense to you because i mean you know night of the i Li- would never watched night of the living dead i never bought into any of that zombie stuff at all um but i i walked, i stumbled into a movie called shawn of the dead which you've probably seen
2: right?
0: oh yeah yeah i'm a huge edgar wright fan now i've seen everything he does i've gone and seen seen him in personal talk about his movies and stuff like that i went and saw a uh, he presented uh, a couple of years ago in Toronto. He had a little mini film festival, and he, he presented uh, *Shaun of the Dead* there. But *Shaun of the Dead* was totally the my what's the word I'm looking for? It was the you know it's the thing that got me into Your epiphany. Zombies. Yeah, and not so much an yeah, epiphany, <laughs> not so much an epiphany, but but uh, it, it was it was the thing that, that connected me. It was the you know it was the thing like like new wave music connected punk to pop music. You know what I mean? It was the it was the uh, there's a word for it. I'm sure Aaron would know what it is, and he'd jump in right now and tell me what it is, but he's not here. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but it was sort of the avenue that got me connected to, it. and that, and you know so now I can now I can sit down and watch other other shows like that. I watched that. Um, the one that Mel Brooks son wrote World War Z I saw that movie
1: Yeah but wait a second did you read the book before you no, saw it No I've the
0: got I've got the audiobook Okay of, I got to tell I, you
1: I was yeah. so disappointed with World War Z the movie because the yeah. book was so fantastic Yeah and the book was the movie's not like the book at all like Yeah uh, yeah it, it except for the title that's the only similarity <laughs> Seriously Wow
0: really Oh go that's that's good cuz cuz uh, I've got like I said I got the book sitting here that my my son lent it to me on uh, on CD, and and I just had it's just it's on the shelf of of videos that I'm supposed to watch. He's got a shelf on his his at his house, and I've given him and I've got a shelf here, which you know. I'm so way you have the
1: audio book then?
0: I have the audio book, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, because that's even so much better because they have a an entire cast of characters in there.
0: Oh, so have you, have you listened to the audio book? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I can listen yeah. to that thing every day. Well, I, you
2: know.
1: Yeah. See, unfortunately, both <laughs> Felipe and I are the same. We just go off on these tangents and. Yeah. You know, that's why we named the podcast Roundabout, because we oh, just we just go around cool. about everything. And even
2: cool.
1: even the caliber of guests that we have are, I want to say, inconsistent in that they're not all technical or they're not all artists or they're not all writers. You know, we have such mm-hmm. a variety of different types of guests and, and at different stages within their career.
0: Right, right. Hmm.
1: So well, we were just talking about that. We are probably going to reclassify our podcast out of technology and into another category.
0: Well, where do you pick your guests from? What, what's the criteria for who you pick your guests to be? Is it just anybody that you can get a hold of? Or no, what's, what's the just, sort of, uh, what's the gist of, of who you choose?
1: Honestly, it's people we admire. Oh, yeah? You know, and... And I think we've even said this on the podcast. Our podcast focuses on creative technology and you know being creative and doing creative things
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, creative things don't necessarily mean being an artist or being a musician.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: can be creative simply by going to your dresser drawer and deciding what clothes you want to wear that day exactly, that's creative yeah. you know yeah. yep. and we have um, we have a guest coming. I don't even know when. I think it's in January, and my mother was funny. She says, well, that person's not really creative. Why Why would you have that person come on? And, and I explained to her. I said, well, it's not just about being creative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it's, it's about ex- explaining your life and your journey and how you got there. Everyone has a story, and everyone has someone who's interested in hearing that story. You know, there's not a person alive today that doesn't have someone who admires them for whatever reason. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, that's, that's how we choose. Like, again, it's not about how famous or how far in their career they've come or how even how good they are at what they do. That's almost irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's, are you enjoying it? And what knowledge can you give to other people about pursuing things that make them happy? You know, my son and I were talking just yesterday about, you know, I have made so many mistakes in my life growing up and Mm -hmm. would I change them? You know, having the knowledge that I have now, going back back then, would Mm -hmm. I do things differently? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my immediate gut responses. Of course I would do things differently. There are things that I, I yeah. would not do. There are things that I would do differently. There are things that I would do that I didn't do. And then mm-hmm. I stopped and I, and I thought about it and my son even caught me. He says, do you really mean that? He says, because if you had made changes to things that you've done, mm-hmm. then maybe you wouldn't be who you are today. And I said, you know what? You're hundred percent right.
2: Wow.
1: You know, I got to where I am today because of the struggles that I had, because of the, the luck that I had, because of the choices that I made.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And in some cases being in the right place at the right time, or even the wrong place at the right time.
0: I just want to ask you if I can, um, and let's, let's change the, the wording here. Um, like I, I used to be an Apple reseller and, um, you know, I decided to get into development and I let my quota slip. And then if you let your quota slip slip with Apple, they cut you off. Right. And you're no longer a reseller. But so I like to say I fired Apple. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I say that is because it was costing me more money and more effort and more, you know, it was really difficult to keep that quota up. So, and it was draining on my energy in terms of being able to run my business and be happy with what I was doing. Right. So, so I fired Apple. So when you decided to fire your high school, (laughs) 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 what was was the motivations for that was it just you just you just didn't fit into that square peg or 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 what was your reasoning for for leaving school
1: i was not getting anything out of it i was causing more problems in my life than than not
2: yeah you know
1: and my family had moved around quite a bit i mean i think at one time i was in seven different schools in like five years or something
0: these are high schools like secondary schools we call them up here um these
1: are these are you know, from from the time I was in kindergarten to the time that I dropped oh, okay. out in ninth grade, I think I had a total of like ten different schools.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. And that had, I, I similar, I had a similar experience. But did that that have negative effect on you? You think, or
1: I think so. I mean, my mother likes to laugh about it, but the writing should have been on the wall in kindergarten. I mean, how many kids do you know get expelled in kindergarten? Right.
0: <laughs> um, well, I knew one kid that got <laughs> expelled in grade. One, I think.
1: Uh, I beat him out. I was expelled in kindergarten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But I just, I really, I, I didn't did you, fit in. I.
0: What was? Can you can I ask you why? Why would they? I mean, I had some teachers that did, that did some really odd and and you know scarring things to me. I think we've we've joked about that back and forth on on uh, the Slack site for on Wonderlic site, but um, uh, what. How did you get expelled? I mean, what what was it, it? Was something you did or said, or 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 some behavior they didn't like?
1: I was fighting with the teacher, physically fighting with the. teacher.
0: Oh yeah, that does that'll do. It. Yeah, that's that's how my buddy in grade one got expelled. He he punched the uh, the caretaker. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was really interesting.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that that was kind of sort of how they dealt with that stuff. Now, like like now, I have two grandchildren, and, and uh, they're eleven and nine, and and they're you know they're hopefully they're listening to this in the future, not now, but they're, they're on the genius spectrum, you know? And, um, and that doesn't fit well with, with, with the school system. They want nice little, you know, square pegs. You yeah.
1: Know? And that's, that's what I find most discouraging about public school is that if you don't fit the ideal of the student that they're looking for, then yeah. they have really no use for you. And
0: so the, so was your mother able to do any kind of homeschooling for you at that point, or did you just go into the workforce?
1: i When I first quit i was I was a mess. i mean it, it's surprising that I even survived as long as mm-hmm. I did. I mean there was I could count a number of different times when I probably shouldn't have lived through whatever experience I was going through at the time.-
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, by the grace of God, here I am today, and you know it, it took a while for me to get to the point where I was manageable and mm. where people actually wanted to, I mean, the good people wanted to be around me. Yeah. There's one other um person who stuck by me during the times where I was making bad decisions. Uh, and uh I, I kind of attribute her behavior towards me to one of the reasons why I cleaned myself up, because
2: mm.
1: she was no nonsense. She was like, listen, if you're going to be like this, we can't, you know, I'll always love you. We'll always be friends, but we can't hang out because... Your trouble.
2: Wow. And
1: I was trouble. You know, I'm not going to lie. And, and I
2: yeah.
1: I tell my kids all the time, you know, if you want to ask me a question, I'm not going to make up some story so I could be this perfect person. Cause I'm
2: not.
0: Yeah. so like, so did your mother, was your mother always sort of a, a computer type person? I do actually want to talk to you about some of the, some of the stuff I picked up on that episode with you guys, um, your mother and yourself running things as it were in the early days of the internet. But, um, not that you ran the internet. but <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: that was Al Gore. Where you been, man?
0: <laughs> well, as my friend Marty always says to me, when I start telling him about apps that I worked on, you know, 10, 15, you go, yeah, yeah, I know. When you, you invented the internet, I know. <laughs> That's I've, not what i Yeah, go ahead. I think
1: my mom was just happy that I wasn't dead. You know, she had her <laughs> hands full. She was a single mother. My dad wasn't in the picture. You know, he had yeah. his own things that he had to take care of. Sure. Um, but she did the best she could. And I think... You know, her and I connecting with computers like we talked about on the podcast was probably another thing that saved me. You know, if I didn't have this creative outlet, if I didn't have music that she introduced me to, you know, she taught me how to play guitar. She taught me how to play the piano. Mm
2: -hmm. If
1: she didn't do that for me, I wouldn't have anything. She taught me how to draw. You know, she taught me how to be an artist because she used to be an artist and she's very talented.
2: Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she was
1: able to give that to me as well. I don't know where the writing came from. I would imagine that she's a writer, but she just doesn't really do it all that often.
0: Yeah, I think I think creativity comes in, in different forms. I mean, you know, often you'll see uh, someone who's like a famous, you know, or, or sorry, not famous, but prominent uh, musician whose kid will be a painter or, you know, vice versa kind of thing, right? So it's not unusual to... To have that same sort of left brain, right brain thing happening, but, uh, but manifest it in a different way. Right. So,
1: yeah, I think my writing when I was younger, used to scare a lot of people. It was a very dark type writing. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, that's, that was one of the catalysts that caused the whole, well, you know what, if I can't be in this school because you guys just, you're going to stamp out any creativity that I have because you're afraid of it. And that's not cool. I can't live like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, what part of the states do you identify with in terms of where you think you grow up or where you're from if as it were
1: um i would have to say even though we moved around a lot you know we we hung out around the northeast i mean we did a little southern living growing up but Mm -hmm. despite having come from the northeast and spending the majority of my life in the northeast i always felt more comfortable in the south you know every time Mm -hmm. we lived in the south i felt comfortable but my mother always felt more comfortable in New Jersey. So we always ended up going back there.
0: Right. 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 So is that where she's hanging out now? She's
1: still in New Jersey. (laughs) My brother's still in New Jersey. I think he'll, he'll stay there. How
0: did you end up in Tennessee then? eBay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have to ask (laughs) what the hell does that mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, my husband and I used to have an eBay habit is the best way to describe it. Like we would go on eBay and if there was something we'd like, we'd, find a way to get it. I mean, we've had a Scooby-Doo van. We had a fire truck from the fifties. We almost had a Batmobile, but the flamethrowers weren't working. So we decided to pass on it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we went from, from cars, antique cars and motorcycles, and then we ended up looking for land. And, oh yeah. you know, we, we decided to buy some land in Tennessee just mm-hmm. for the sole purpose of buying it and flipping it. Cause that's what we used to do. We'd buy things use them flip them Mm -hmm. and we bought this land in Tennessee and my husband was like oh well you know we're just going to flip it and I said no let's move there he's like don't you want to see it I said I don't care what it looks like I don't care what we need to do to improve it I don't care anything let's just buy it move there and be done with it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that was the plan and that was the plan for two maybe three years Mm -hmm. But we just never were in a position to actually do it. And then we finally got into a position to do it a few years ago. And we came here and we knew that we didn't want to invest in building a home until we knew we liked it here. Mm -hmm. So we bought something small and lived there for a year and then said, all right, this is pretty cool. We like it. Ended up upgrading to another house that was already built that's, you know, further into the country and sold the other land. And never decided to build on it. So that's that's it. We bought land on eBay and decided to keep it.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. So, so I do have to ask: though, Are there a lot of Mat- Batmobiles out there?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there should be, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and you know the new the the Batmobile, or the the, the original Batman Batman series just came out on Blu-ray, right? So I don't know if you've seen that or not.
1: No, no, I didn't. See, I don't really yeah. watch a whole lot of TV. I, I well, I, like...
0: I found this out on Amazon, so there you go. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> hey, I just became yeah. an Amazon Prime member. I think I'm hooked.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've I've never I've never been I've never I've never had a problem, you know, waiting the two or three days for free shipping. That I only once have I ever had i needed a book for a course I was teaching back in November recently I needed to get a book in in my hand so i I paid for the shipping for that but uh, but other than that i've always been i, I don't think I need to spend 70 bucks for shipping or actually is it $99 in the States to become a prime member?
1: I'm not sure. I'm still on the free trial. So I may feel differently after that expires. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I mean, cause I looked at it. It's funny. Cause I was looking at some stuff cause it's, it's interesting. Sometimes you can get stuff in Canada and sometimes you can get stuff in the United States. And, and you know, the only difference if I buy something from amazon.com, I have to pay, you know, the shipping cause we don't, we don't get free shipping to Canada. Um, and sometimes like I'm buying some figures for, for, um, for, uh, Halloween or for Halloween for Christmas for my, my son, who's a huge star Wars nut. And, um, and you know, the figure he wants, of course, you know, he could have told me in the summertime when it was around, you know, when it was an int- introduced, because now it's super scarce. Right. Yeah. And yeah so when i so i looked at prime i thought oh well, what if i if i get prime in the u.s or if i get prime in period will that cover cross-border shipping and it doesn't so i didn't bother with it but i i, I was interested to notice that and this could be the difference between the canadian dollar no it couldn't be the american dollar and canadian dollar because you, you guys are higher than us right now we're about 88 cents on the dollar but don't make me
1: do math you'll make my head no no I, <laughs> no I know i know
0: I, I, I i'm not gonna make you do math but but the bottom line the thing is like it's it's 99 dollars us to become a prime member on amazon.com and it's 79 dollars to become a prime member in canada on amazon.ca so but it would be it would, it would the numbers would be the other way around if it was based on the exchange rate so i wonder what the hell what that's about
2: Hmm.
0: hmm.
1: i like it though because in addition to getting all that free shipping you do get price breaks on things
0: Yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. At least that's what my experience has been. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the whole Christmas, uh,
0: yeah. Black Friday thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I've been enjoying it. Hmm. It's a dangerous habit when you don't leave the house and you do your shopping online. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Well, so yeah. So let me, let me get, I I do want to ask you about your sort of development stuff as well, but did you, so what are your sources of income? Like what do you, how do you make a living in Tennessee? Both of you.
1: Well, my husband works for Apple, so that helps. Oh.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, well, that's good.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, so we
0: can't, talk, we can't talk about that, obviously. <laughs> no, no. In fact, someone,
1: a friend of mine asked me, well, what does he do? And this was a long time ago when he first started. Yeah. I said, oh, he yeah. does, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't yeah. go into details. I think I just gave the title of his position. Sure. And he he got so angry. He's like, you can't tell people anything about other than I work at Apple and it's confidential. So now really? I'm real yeah. careful wow. about, you know, what I say and, and what yeah. I don't say. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but yeah, he he works at Apple. So we've got that income. And then I take on, you know, I have clients that I do development for. Uh, sure. Mostly one in particular. I mean, I, I spend, I would say, a minimum of like 40 to 60 hours a week just developing this one software for this one client.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: that's where the primary source of my income comes from.
0: Um, I think I'd be a good fit for Apple. Apple, if you're listening, um, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron will tell me they're not listening.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you but, never know. Uh,
0: you know, and they had me redo my resume because I have, I haven't had to apply for a job in 15 years, right? So or more, and so I had this really old, dusty, you know, resume. And and when I sort of updated it and put the new stuff in there, sent it down, and the recruiter at Apple said, "No, this this isn't good enough." And <laughs> So I went and hired a company I referred to a company to have my resume done. And, and then I've shown it to a few developers since and they're like, well, what the hell does this have to do with anything? You know, like, so I think, I think uh, the, my uh, Apple kind of overlooked me because my resume, v- current version of resume is, is totally not, you know, doesn't speak well of me.
1: Yeah. My resume you know. is so strange because I, you know, I had my first computer job when I was 17.
0: Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I do not
1: even think I was technically old enough to drive. By myself when i first got it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i just i'm kind of like the homer simpson in the field i don't really pay attention to what i'm doing or who i'm yeah. doing it for yeah which sounds really strange but i just do things that make me feel good
2: yeah yeah
1: and that i think comes through in my work and i don't know that i'm doing a good job because i always think i'm doing a bad job mm-hmm. but someone else notices it and then they say well can you do this and when i first got my my computer job, you know, back when I was 17, I was just repairing dot matrix printers. You know, I, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't setting the world on fire. Yeah. But I enjoyed it so much that I was really good at it. And someone in another department noticed me and they were like, well, come work for us. You know, and it was fixing laser printers, you know, just oh, yeah. step mm-hmm. up. And then from there it went to modems. And then from there it went to tech support. And, you know, the guys in the networking saw me doing tech support really well because, again, I enjoyed it. And I'm yeah. like, well, why don't you be a network administrator? And it just sort of like things just happen. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. really go out. When I said earlier that I, everything that I'm doing is not something I had intended to do. I really mean it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just where
2: wind takes me.
0: Well, but, 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 but do you, you end up doing things that you enjoy doing? Is that, that the gist of it? Or, or uh, does, it seems to me that Tammy wouldn't do something. Tammy doesn't want to do.
1: You can get that straight from my mom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, cause, cause coming back, I hate to harp back on coach and, and one of the things that, that the first thing you do is you learn about your unique, your, can't say it, your unique ability. And, um, and, uh, so that, and, and the thing about it is, is what, what's difficult for entrepreneurs and, and persons uh, like us is that it's so easy for us to do this stuff that we don't see that it has value to other people. Right. So, um, you know, and and that's when you, that's the the tough lesson to learn, and that's part of what I th- I think I'm going to write in my book is is that you know is that just because it's easy to us, like I was trying to explain to uh, to Evan the other day on on the Slack, on um, Evan's another writer Ray Wonderlick, and um that even though he's a young kid, you know, he should still he should still you know present himself to the world as a person of value because he has a skill that that to him it comes naturally, it yeah. seems. Kids, I hate them. But, <laughs> but, so uh, with
1: little wankers.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but how are you doing? <laughs> it's
1: funny that you mentioned that because I, like I said earlier, I present myself like an extra from The Walking Dead. I yeah. think I have zero value. Even when I do my artwork, I look at yeah. it and think, "Gosh, this is horrible. How could yeah. anyone like this?" Yeah. And even when I'm developing, like when mm-hmm. I have to develop a project for Ray and hand it in for a tutorial. I yeah. look at it and think, "Gosh, he's going to know that I'm just not a really good programmer." Yeah, like, I'm making is this up. As gonna... I,
0: yeah. I'm in the same way. I'm saying the way because I, I just I'm just writing my first actual coding uh, tutorial. The last one I did was on music, and was you know, and I'm not. I, and I'm a musician. I've been playing for years, but I'm not. I don't identify as a musician. So yeah, I know what you mean. I, I just sent my first one in, and 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 I I, I I I I explain stuff to myself when I'm coding. Like I put lots of like comments in. Okay, I'm doing this now, and then what this you know this is I'm doing this because of that and I sent it into them just thinking that, you know, that they would be able to see what I, you know, because I'm not talking to them. I'm just sending code into them, right? Um, and if you sent me code, I'd kind of want to know what are you trying to do here, right? Um, and then I read the, the style guide and it's like, take all the comments out.
1: <laughs> yeah, they say that you should only comment code if, if there's a reason to comment it. But if yeah. there's a reason to comment it, you could probably write it in such a way that you don't need to comment it.
0: Well, it's interesting, Mark, you know, uh, Mark Rubin of our podcast, he, I mean, we both sort of agree that that you should write self-documenting code. I mean, you shouldn't use variable names that have like one character in them, which I I hate. That's one of my pet peeves. But, um, and I've had a few developers working for me who did that. But uh, the beauty of Objective-C, and I'm I'm sure it's, it's the same with Swift, is that you can actually write, you know, variable names that actually mean something, you know. This is the name of the zombie named Fred. You know.
1: I think I have because occasionally I'll do a code comment of the day on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's it's just things that that either I've coded comments myself or Uh have come across comments, you know, in other people's code. Sure. And I think I once had a code comment of the day that I had a twenty-one character variable name for some crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and it just yeah. I love coding. I mean, I've been developing, this is going to sound really terrible, but I've been developing since I was five. And yeah, I I wrote my first program in basic and Uh it was a word game and it was horrible. You know, I couldn't spell and it it was terrible, but I I got the bug, you know, that was it. I was hooked.
2: Yeah.
1: And I just kind of, again, I just grew from there you know someone would say oh well can you do this and and i will be the first to admit when i can't do something
0: which is quite Mm -hmm. often
1: but i'll Mm -hmm. also follow it up with but i bet you i can go figure out how to do it
0: yeah exactly exactly and that's
1: how it happened you know i when palm pilots first became like super popular Mm -hmm. there was this application ns basic and i wanted to learn how to do it so i got a book figured it out did it and Mm -hmm. It's been like that with everything in development, which is why I get worried when people look at my code. I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> going to think that, and rightfully so, that I'm just a hack. I don't really know what I'm doing.
0: Well, it's interesting because we, we actually been talking, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to, but we talk a lot lately about, because you know, Aaron and I are both looking for work, but, um, uh, or, you know, contracts or whatever. And um, I've recently just gone on a few technical interviews and I I was totally caught unawares as to what they're about right and uh and it started this sort of, sort of little firestorm within our group of of you know what you should expect when you're when you're going into these things and it seems like uh, aaron made a point last week that that we all feel like imposters you know um and that we're going to be found out you know that when when we go in into these situations or we present our code to someone else who's been you know i mean you know, I listen to Mick Pringle and I've read his stuff and I've followed his tutorials forever. And I and I I actually started learning code from raywinderlick.com dot com um, when I first got into iOS. And um, you know, so when I send code into those guys, I'm thinking, you know, like I worry about it. You know, I know I know my code works. It, it, that's at the end of the day, that's the thing that that matters, right? um, it does what I need to do. Maybe it's not quite the best way of doing it. And that's what worries me when I send code into these guys. Right. So I hope they're not listening to this.
1: <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Cause when I used to do databasing, yeah, you know, again, I'm self-taught with everything. I'm a high school dropout. Yeah. It, there's, mm-hmm. there's not much more self-taught than that. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And <laughs> I used to work with, you know I've had various jobs along the way and, and occasionally I'll, I'll have I don't know if you want to call it an opportunity or a misfortune of mm-hmm. working with people who think just because you don't have a formal education you're stupid and it burns Right? Me up.
0: really Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah and you know far be it for me to let anybody hold me back in fact if you tell me I can't do something I'm going to do it and that's how yeah. I became a firefighter because someone said yeah. you can't do it oh yeah watch me when I worked in databases People were like, oh, well, you have to use normal form. And there was this one person who would write everything fifth normal. And it's like, why would you do that? You, you, It's great in theory, but, you know, go third. That's all you need mm-hmm. to do. You don't need to be so complex. And, and I worked with another guy who I used to code with. And literally, I swear to God, I think he was a rocket scientist because I couldn't <laughs> understand any of his code.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And it was too complicated. And maybe... Maybe it's because I was too stupid to get it, but I could have done the same thing he did and understand it. But does that mean he's better than I am or I'm better than he is? No, it doesn't mean either of those things. It means that he codes differently than I do.
0: Yeah. And, and I, 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 argue that coding is a creative process as well. I mean, I find that, you know, cause you're, you're, you're given the set of tools by Apple or by Java or whoever you're writing your stuff for. And, and how you assemble it, or how you take your sort of real world logic and apply that to, to something is is different. I mean I do like the fact that you know when you're dealing with Xcode and core data and things like that that you know it's pretty much right there in front of you and you 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 know to build a table view it's like there it is to build a collection view it's it was difficult at first, but now it's you know pretty pretty routine sort of stuff right um, and it gets easier and easier, and that's something that's going to happen over time. I mean I love the fact that in Xcode Xcode doesn't care how you spell right? As long as you're using the same variable for the same thing, it doesn't care what combination of letters and characters you use to put that down. So your five-year-old, you know, programmer self could have written something in Xcode, theoretically, right? Uh, uh, just as a, as a side note there, I posted something on Twitter the other day. Um, somebody's come out with a, a little robot, a little wooden robot, and I, I think it's like, you know, printed on one of those uh, CNC printers, Um and it's got technology inside this thing and they give the kids a little box and they use programming symbols to program this robot.
2: That's cool. With,
0: with wooden blocks. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Tammy, the five-year-old Tammy could have taken this and, and, you know, made the robot go over here and do this and, uh, and that's the idea behind this thing. And it's, it's kind of, it teaches them, you know, um, data flow and stuff like that through through the same symbol shapes that we use when we're writing out, you know, um, UML diagrams, right?
1: Yeah, the five-year-old Tammy was just about as much of a hellraiser as the 17-year-old Tammy,
0: <laughs> just so you know.
1: Well, hence the whole getting expelled from kindergarten. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I love it. You know what it is? That the thing that drives me, and, and it goes back to, well, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. I do things that challenge me. If I'm not challenged, I don't know that I can do them. And that's why I love working with this one client that I have because Mm -hmm. what he's asking me to do is challenging. Um, It allows me to do something in development that I love to do, but it allows me to tie it into writing as well, which I also love to do. So there's Mm -hmm. that challenge there, the challenge of bringing the two of those things together. When when I – the last job, the last – you know, working for someone as, as an employee job that I had, I applied for it. And one of the questions on on the thing was, do you know Ruby? It was like, no, I don't know Ruby, but I have a bookstore right down the road from me. And I bet you they have a book on Ruby. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that was a challenge. I got the job and I was challenged, immediately challenged. And that's why I stayed there for as long as I did, because they kept throwing me challenges and then the moment I get bored is the moment that I become a hellraiser and go find something else to do. <laughs> you know. Well,
0: as a developer though, how do you how do you find clients or do clients find you through referrals and stuff like that? How do you
1: Clients find me, but I'm I'm real selective with the work I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a lot of time, like I said most of my time is, is devoted to one client as it should okay. be because it, yeah. it's a project that not only uh, am I getting compensated for, but it's one that I enjoy. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's one where I would rather focus all of my energy into that and not have as much money rather than focus my attention to, you know, 15 different development projects and be rich.
2: And for for
1: me, it's never been about the money. It's always been about the, the challenge, the satisfaction, the enjoyment. So, you know. Again, I just do things that make me feel good.
0: <laughs> so have you ever had any, so have you ever worked in any, in a situation, are you always sort of, sort of been a lone, lone wolf type of coder, or do you, have you worked in, in groups with other, other coders at all, or?
1: I would like have you, say. Have you worked on a
0: team, I guess is what I'm I saying. I have
1: worked on a team, but I, I, even when I was as an employee going to the office, I never really went to the office for very long. I would go for like an hour and have mm. my fill of people and then leave just because I couldn't tolerate it.
2: Wow, um, yeah.
1: I like to just get in my zone and listen to music or,
2: yeah.
1: you know, just do my thing. It's not that, it, you know, I always joke, oh, I don't like people. I don't like people. And that's not true. I love people. If if you need something, by all means, ask me because, you know, I'm a pushover. So I'll probably do it without batting an <laughs> eye. But also because I love helping people. it, yeah, um, it yeah. makes It makes me feel good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but I'm afraid of people at the same time. I don't like to be around them because, again, it goes back to they're going to find out I'm I'm an imposter. You know, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing.
0: You're not really a zombie. You're not. You're not really a zombie covered in blood. You're actually a human being that they can turn on. Yeah. Um, Back to me. Well, we were talking earlier about writing, though. So, so, and I, I, I started the conversation asking you about how you get into the discipline of writing. Do you have any sort of discipline process, like? Do you have to force yourself to create a habit to, to start writing your novel at some point? or?
1: Well, I don't that... know if you read my big proclamation about how I intend to write at least one scene per day. My time is so limited and I try and do everything. And I have yeah. really good intentions of doing everything, mm-hmm. but I can never do everything. You know, um, as I said, my, my primary focus is getting this one app finished and released and and that's where most of my work attention gets focused
0: so i was going to ask that's what i was going to ask you that's where my brain went is is this a product we're going to it's going to see the light of day and we'll be able to see it at some point oh yeah
1: yeah definitely soon um it's been a real enjoyable experience Mm -hmm. and i started doing it Mm part-time and it just required way more time than part-time so i came on full-time and and have been doing it you know, as, as my full-time development type work. Right, so right. that leaves me very little time to do everything else. And everything else includes, you know, comic book, graphic novel, two, two novels, yeah. um, developing games, writing music, you know. So there's, I have a lot going on, drawing pictures.
0: <laughs> so, killing zombies, yeah.
1: So what's my discipline? My discipline is to get the work that I've been paid to do done. Right. Okay. So that's, that's step one. Step two mm-hmm. is everything else. And that means everything I enjoy and family. And how do I prioritize that? Well, family's got to come first. That's mm-hmm. just how it works.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
1: leaves me a very, very small amount of time to do what I want to do. Yeah. And how I decide what I want to do is what my mood is. You know, like if, if, if I feel like writing, if, if there's a story that I need to tell, it'll come out through my fingers onto the keyboard. If there's a picture in my head that needs to not be in my head, I'll grab my, you know, the pen for my tablet and start drawing.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: If there's a game idea that I have, I'll take to the Xcode and get it coded. Mm-hmm. So it's really, my mood dictates my discipline, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does. Um, uh, I'm curious too, like, how did you get started on com and like, and, and what kind of tutorials do you write there?
1: That job that I took, the one that asked me if I knew how to do Ruby.
0: Yeah. They oh. also
1: asked me if I knew how to do iOS applications. And, of course, my answer was no. I have absolutely no idea how to do iOS applications. And at the mm-hmm. time, it wasn't even iOS applications. It was iPhone. I think it was like version 3 or something.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And they said, well, you need to figure this out. And I said, cool, all right. So <laughs> I used a wonderful Google, right? And I yeah. found uh, com. Mm-hmm. Simon Allardyce. So he yeah. taught me through that. And I also found Ray Wenderlich site. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from there. And I think I was on there for, I don't even know how long. I don't even want to guess. So th-
0: so this would have been around 2010, 2009 timeframe, right?
1: Um, I'm going to say whatever you say. Cause I, I honestly don't <laughs> yeah, know. No, I just, yeah,
0: I just, I just as a frame of reference for, for listeners, perhaps I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't know exactly what I saw. He must've done a call for type submission. Sure. And I sent him an email or, or hour it was. And, and, uh, I, I actually got a response back from him. I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh, that, yeah. that Ray guy actually wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very exciting. And, and I remember, I think my first tutorial was creating a, a slide out navigation like Facebook or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, I like the
0: hamburger button menu thing? Yeah,
1: and I was so excited, uh, and, you know, it goes back to, gosh, he's wanting me to code something now that he's going to see. He's totally not going to pick me. (laughs) Like, why Mm -hmm. would he pick me? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had some feedback for me, which was great, and got the project out there. And and I wanted to tell so many people I was doing it, but I couldn't until the official announcement, you know?
0: Right, right, right. And
1: and I, I took to it. I loved it. I mean, I had done tutorials in the past, and... You know, it was kind of, it was the same thing, but at a different level. I, yeah. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. So that's how I got involved and, um, you know, just went from there. And I love working with the team. I mean, it's it's really the only technical social interaction that I get,
2: mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. my
1: friends are not technical to the level of degree that the guys at Ray Wenderlich's site are.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because I have a similar similar feeling for that. I mean, I try to be honest with you. I, I you know, joined in August of this year, and um, I would met Ray last year. Um, I sent him a couple of emails, and yeah, you're right. I was surprised when he actually replied back. You know, in Ray's time, I mean, he's obviously a busy guy. It seems like, but um, <clears throat> he did reply back to some of the stuff I'd sent him in earlier. And uh, so when I when I met him at 360 IDEV uh, last year, not this year. Um, I approached them. and said, Hey, listen, I, you know, I teach iOS and, you know, I've, I've written technical articles for years. I've been, you know, helping people um, on their computers, I guess, come back and coming back to what, what, uh, how I got into this is, is, you know, I come at it from an art background. I'm a, i am I studied fine art and, and um, realized, you know, in my third or fourth year that I, you know, nobody makes a living at it. And so I had to find another way to, to generate income and, so I started pursuing work as a graphic artist and I ended up getting a job um building flags and banners of all things for you know like we did Canadian flags and gas flags and flags for the Olympics and stuff like that and we traveled around the world with with that but um that was around the time when remember when computer aided manufacturing and computer, it was, it was, you know, CAD, 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 yeah, CAD, CAD, Cam, yeah. Yep. that was the big buzzword, and so I was given the task of going out and picking a computer, and the first guy that I saw was using Illustrator on a Mac, and um, then I saw some other IBM systems, and, and they never quite had the same sort of polish and, and connectivity that that the Mac had and that's how I got into it. And so, you know, we bought a Mac and, you know, the company spent, you know, a gazillion dollars on this little, you know, Mac 2 CI, you know, with a 19-inch monitor and, and, and eight megabytes of RAM. I remember the, <laughs> I remember, the sales, I remember the salesperson being, like your mom was saying, right? I, I remember the guy saying, oh my God, you've got eight megs of RAM. And I had an 80 megabyte hard drive and like people were like, wow, that's huge, you know, and a stupid little tape drive that died six months later. And, <laughs> So I learned about backup in the first six months because my first six months worth of work, I dutifully, you know, did work and then archived it off to tape. And then within six months found I couldn't read the tapes back. So I lost the first six months of my work, which I'm sometimes really, you know, it doesn't really bother me now, but I mean, I would like to have had that stuff. It's the, you know, it's like the kindergarten drawings you put on the fridge, right?
2: Oh
0: Yeah, Yeah, but, um, (laughs) and that, and that that also, and, and, and I was never satisfied with, with, uh, just using a computer, I always wanted to know how it ticked, right? And and how, how things happened and how they worked. And I was never, I didn't use Illustrator the way you were meant to use Illustrator. I was, built, I was using Illustrator as a tool to get a bigger thing. I had to take, you know, small drawings that people would send me through fax machine. They would send me artwork on fax, believe it or not. And I would take that and, and, and redraw it and then, you know, blow it up and make it, you know, 54-inch high logos off of something that came on a, on a poachy stamp, right? <laughs> Which So that's where the art, fine art came in. And very quickly I found that people – I started hanging out with a bunch of a local Mac users group and I found that people were calling me and saying, I'm trying to do this in PageMaker. How do I do it? And I'm like – I have no idea. I don't even, I've never even seen PageMaker, right? I was doing tech support for PageMaker over the phone with my friends, not ever having seen the program. Oh wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's just because it it's just, you know, that's kind of, you know, I get Macintosh and and, you know, I can, you know, because of the way apps are set up, you know, well, there's gotta be a preference pane, there's gotta be, you know, file edit, copy, paste, all that kind of stuff, right? It's gotta be a window menu somewhere, right? And and so that's how I got into doing tech, the tech side of of, of uh, computers, and then I, I you know, worked my way through different things. And then when the internet thing came along, I got uh, restructured into being the IT person at the company. And it's laughable because we were we were a public company at that point in time, and, and we'd just gone public. And so now we had a CFO, and he called me and uh, the other another guy from another division up into his office to ask us about the Y two K bug, right? And I kind oh, of at, I remember that. Yeah, that was lots. It was lots of fun. Lots of um, yeah. We to stay
1: up all night and babysit the computers. Was that was horrible. the biggest. That was the
0: biggest letdown, though, don't you think?
1: I really do. But you know, we had some good <laughs> beer and pizza that night. I tell you what, if anything broke, we were probably in no condition to fix it anyway. <laughs>
0: But well, nobody would have noticed. Not like today when they expect <laughs> it to be happening right away, right?
2: Yeah. But,
0: uh, but uh, yeah, so he called me up into the office and he sort of said, like, you know, well, he, 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 let me ask you about this, that, and the other thing. And I, and I kind of went, how am I supposed to know that? He goes, well, you're the IT guy, right? And that's I went downstairs and registered that domain name that day. Right. Nice. And that's how I became the IT guy, even though, it's, you know, and I I have been an IT guy and it's an unfortunate title now. And I didn't realize it at the time because I, I was from tongue firmly planted in cheek when I registered it. Right. But, you know, IT guys are not the most socially, you know, nice people, you know, like. They can, they can be very belittling to people and people are intimidated by them, by them. And, and, you know, it it has a whole reputation, like the whole Saturday Night Live thing, right?
1: That's what drives me crazy (laughs) because, you know, people would ask me my opinion on how to do something when I, when I was in IT and I would almost without fail, every time I gave them the answer, I would say, no, I'm going to tell you something. Hmm. And just because I'm telling you doesn't mean I'm right. And they would look at me and say, what? And I said, you can ask this same question to five other people and they will tell you that they are right. Everyone else is wrong and stupid. Yeah. So, but I am telling you right now that they may not be right. They may not be wrong. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to say, but I could tell you that what I'm going to tell you works for me and it might work for you too. And I would never commit to anything. Whenever I would give someone an answer, I'd be like, well, it should work. It might work.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I've had
1: success with it in the past.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's try this. Exactly. I know what you mean
1: yeah tech support was never my thing uh, and yeah. that's that's actually how I got into computer graphics because I mm-hmm. was so bored on the tech support line
2: oh right yeah that
1: I was i think at the time it was like m s paint or something. I don't even know what it was, but my boss mm. had come up, walked up behind me, and saw me drawing pictures
2: mm-hmm.
1: on my computer. I thought I was in big trouble because I was, literally I was so bored it was the same. How do I print? How do I print? What does right. this key do? Oh my gosh,
2: right. yeah yeah.
1: And she says, "What are you doing?" And I put the customer at home. I said, "I'm drawing pictures. I'm really bored."
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
1: instead of getting in trouble, she says, "I think we have a project for you."
2: Oh, really? That's yeah. Good.
1: And so again, it, it goes back to people just took notice, even though I thought I was either goofing off or doing poorly.
0: So, how long have you been working on Mac? If I can I, I gather, you were working on Windows at that point in time.
1: Yeah, my husband dragged me into the Mac world. Oh, because um, he's
0: the Apple dude, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: but even before then, he he made the switch, and I had experience with, you know, Macintosh. We used to call it Macintosh back then. Mm-hmm. Because, That's the name
0: uh, of my dog, by the way.
1: Oh, mine is Mac, but because of the truck, <laughs> not the computer.
0: <laughs> so was Mac with a K, okay? Yep.
1: M A C K. Yeah. But he's like, oh, you you really need to ditch Windows because I was a Windows developer at this yeah. time. This is probably seven or eight years ago. I don't really I don't mm. know. Time is weird for me. But he's like, oh, you gotta, you got to ditch your Windows and come to the Mac world. I'm like, yeah. oh, I really don't want to. But yeah. then my computer died, and he's like, just get a Mac.
2: Right.
1: So I got a Mac, and I, I loaded VMware on it because I still had to develop for Windows. And I said, I'm going to keep both of these indefinitely. And in two weeks, I deleted the partition for VMware, got rid of it, and said, I'm oh, really? never touching Windows again.
2: Mm, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. haven't.
1: And I've had people – I had one customer – Potential customer contacted me several years ago, and he says, yeah. I, I want you to write software. Yeah. I said, okay, this is what I think you need. He says, uh, well, no, 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 it needs to be for Windows, because that's what everyone uses. I said, right. you know what, me and you aren't going to work out together.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I, I just don't touch Windows. When when my friends call me with Windows problems, I help them if I can, but I haven't touched a Windows PC for real since like XP service pack two.
0: Mm, yeah. That was the only one that, that that's where I kind of ended my, my courtship with windows. I mean, I've always been a Mac guy, right. And, and, but it dragged me into that. I had, I took on a contract with a company that was, um, uh, and I want to ask you about the difference between Mac and windows programming. So don't let me forget that. But, um, um, See, we should call this one roundabout, too.
1: You <laughs> <But, laughs> can never keep me on task. It's well, only a matter of time I I have the
0: same problem. I actually have a piece of paper in front of me, which I'm writing down points so I don't forget. But Oh, um, you're going to
1: kill me because my audio split into two, but that's okay. The
0: uh,
1: the recording stopped, and I restarted it, but it was during a time you were speaking. And it was, Oh, okay.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We've had we've had days where uh, we've had a whole twenty five thirty minute conversation when one of us realizes we hadn't pressed record yet. Oh no! Actually, let me just check that. You know what I'm saying? That. <laughs> 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 but uh, and then we had to go back and rebuild the, pro- the, the, the his his speaking parts, right? So and and fortunately, how did I do that?
1: Begged him for forgiveness. No, I would imagine no, he, there. no,
0: he no, he was he felt guilty enough to do it. So I went back through and. Um, Oh, and we we he remember we remembered the two of us remembered enough of the conversation that that uh, when it came to a speaking part for him, I could do the overdub part. Oh, you know, nice! And do the and and he overdubbed his pieces, and then we just then I just sliced and diced, and that just added a couple of hours extra to the editing. But you know. see,
1: I couldn't do that because if if I had to do it for some reason, I would just feel compelled that every time I needed to dub my voice, I would say something like, "Because I'm Batman," and I would be it,
0: then. <laughs> Well, that's a good thing to say because you're Batman. Because I'm Batman. Um, And so coming back to the question I was going to ask you, so now that you – have you done any Cocoa development or just iOS?
1: No, I've done Cocoa development.
0: Okay. So now that you've you've, um, tasted the forbidden fruit, if I can, um, what do you think about the differences or the challenges, the comparable differences between writing for Windows and writing for Apple? Or, yeah, is. Do you think it's – can you speak about that?
1: Well, to me, a language is just a language.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it's it's kind of like the same for me. Uh, the, the only reason I like dealing with Apple products more is because to me they appear to be more stable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're, you're writing for a particular type of hardware. In the Windows world, you don't know what kind of hardware you're writing
2: for. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and also, I noticed in the Windows world, there are way too many visual basic programmers, right? Visual basic is a, is a wonderful prototyping language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But in my opinion, it's really not something that you should put your entire business into, right? If you mm-hmm. want something like that, go C sharp, go C plus plus, just not visual basic. Um, but again, that's just my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, like I said, it's a great language. You know, I, I enjoyed using it, but it, it's, it's inherent, has a lot of problems
0: yeah i mean and, that, and that's sort of one of the things i talk about when when i discuss with clients about android development and, and fortunately nobody's ever come to me and said i need you to write something for windows phone yet but um that to me you know the fact that you don't know you know what the hardware is i mean i know we're getting into a bit of fragmentation in, in apple with and thankfully size classes and stuff like that you know and the fact that the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus are, are just scaled-up versions of the iPhone 5.
1: Well, Apple's starting to remind me a little bit of Microsoft these days. I mean, Oh,
0: way beyond. Like, don't even get me started on that point. Uh, you know, I
1: said to my <laughs> husband last night, I'm like, you're not going to believe this. He says, what? I said, there's another Xcode version out. I said, I don't want yeah. to be spending time installing Xcode every week. I shouldn't yeah. have to do that. I shouldn't have yeah. to worry about my development tools changing so much that yeah. I need a new version every week. Yeah. i was so angry
0: <laughs> well and this is what i was saying you know like like uh, there was tweets about oh hey like people were saying you know there's the new xcode you know or 611 just came out and go down, go forth and download and then and then you know a, a tweet later i'm like uh, ryan from from the radio group said, so he posted you know well please oh well, please will please fix this and then uh, an hour later he sort of said nope didn't fix it at all
1: yeah what's the point about putting updates out yeah because you're not going to fix things, and sometimes I swear I don't think they're even testing these anymore. I was yeah. complaining about um in you know interface builder I don't even know if that's what they call it anymore to be honest with you we all,
0: we all call it interface builder yeah,
1: yeah, but if you put a control out onto the onto the view and
0: mm-hmm. then you
1: try and adjust the size of that control, the whole damn view moves, and it's like did someone actually test this because if they did they they really need to reevaluate their position in the company
0: yeah we, we this is another topic that comes up a lot on our podcast and that's the quality control issues at apple it just seems like they and aaron points out there's plenty of jobs looking for at apple of looking in quality control but uh yeah there seems to be there seems to be some slipping that and stuff never used to happen when when steve was there or, or, or i don't know if that was can necessary. you
1: ever recall when they pulled an update for ios no Okay, me either until just recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what that one was. Yeah, what you mean? Um yeah. oh, oh right? yeah, the one the one that bricked everybody, right. Yeah. Because yeah, Aaron got bricked by that one too. And and again, I think he's from the same if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Ton of school that I am, right? And and yet he and then he will you know, before finishing the sentence he goes, I totally downloaded it and installed it. But yeah, he got he got burned by that one. And and I think he lost his his uh access to the cellular radio, right? So
1: Yeah, that was one of the problems. It's mm, crazy. Mm-hmm. And but, even in Windows, I never would update when the latest and greatest would come out. And it was almost when I was in the corporate world, you know, we were we were always one or two revisions behind because the new bleeding technology—they call it bleeding for a reason. Yes, yeah, sure. bleeding edge technology. I don't mm. want to bleed all over my equipment, thanks.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather give blood by playing hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a Canadian reference. A, eh? uh, yeah, A, eh? yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, one of our one of our great heroes died yesterday, John Beliveau. He's, uh, oh, he's no. like super classical, super classy uh, guy, and, and uh, you know everybody's crushed by uh, by his passing. I'm sure. Um, I know I am. My my sister actually went and knocked on his door when she was six. My dad was a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, and and he was like the captain and whatever. My sister went and knocked on his door, and he invited him in and gave them milk and cookies and sent them home for the with with the autographed um you know, pictures for for my dad and for the other kid's dad Great i think
1: guy. I think the only celebrity that would get to me like like literally get to me if they were to die, obviously everyone's gonna die, but when they die if I'm still around would be Tim Burton really really um, I mean not that I don't mourn the loss of of people out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Famous people are not famous people. But if he when he dies, if I'm still around, I will take that very hard, I think.
0: Really? So big Tim Burton fan, eh?
1: Huge. I mean he he's like I I really admire what he's been able to accomplish because he hasn't always fit in either.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know, I
1: didn't he work at Disney and then get tossed out because he just
0: yeah, he, he, uh, yeah, I think so. I vaguely remember saying, they had a big Tim Burton, um, exhibit here. And, and I, I hate to tell you this, Tammy, but I didn't go to it. Um, we're going
1: to need to hang up now cause I can't talk to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some people like that. I mean, I've already lost Stanley Kubrick and I've lost, you know, Isaac Asimov and a few other people that, that were Salvador Dali and Frank Zappa was a big one for me. That, that's, that was crushing. Um, and but the nice thing about Frank Zappa is his son Dweezil has been playing his music for the last five years and got to and go and enjoy that. And I actually met him last year at a, at a guitar symposium thing where he did a session before the show.
2: Where that's you could awesome!
0: Go and think, hang out and learn some stuff from him.
1: I think the only musician I ever met was Willie Nelson.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: He was awesome. I think he was stoned at the time, but he was still <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
0: Think he was? You think he was? Though? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was fun. My mom took me to that concert when I was like fourteen. Or oh, really? Little. Wow. Yeah, wow.
2: it was awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah, I have a few celebrity clients, and they're 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 interesting. When you get to, it's funny. There's there's sort of a there's a you kind of wonder about them, but but they're at the end of the day, they're just regular people, regular folks. You know. So yeah,
1: we tend to put people up higher than we should. I mean, I, I've even. You know, I had this one guy contact me, and he mm-hmm. wanted to work on a, on something with me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't realize it, but he looked up to me like I look up to some of my heroes. Oh, really? And I guess, like, it, it's it's a weird feeling because, again, I don't look at myself like that. And the people that I look up to, like Ray Wenderlich, you know, mm-hmm. he probably doesn't look at himself like that either, you know?
0: Well, it's funny because I, I mentioned the other day on, on um, Slack, I was talking about... Um, uh, I think uh, Brian had put up a post about the fact that we'd hit some milestone in terms of number of tutorials that were out there. I think six hundred or something like that, or that have been posted. Or there was some some great milestone that that, that the team had hit. And um, and I had I just was thinking about it, and I went back and I looked at some, one of my earliest uh, programs. And um, oh yeah, it was it was. Um, one of my programs I, I wrote is, uh, for uh, it's a universal app for iOS and for, uh, iPhone and, or sorry, iOS and iPhone. Duh, sorry.
1: See, perfect editing. I'll <laughs> They'll never know. I'll
0: leave that in there. People, well, whatever, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for uh, iPad and iPhone is what I meant to say. Um, so yeah, and, uh. But one of the things that bothered me about it is using core data, and and it was back in the early early days of of getting stuff to sync between uh, one place and another. So I went on Ray's site and I found a tutorial on, um, and I'd actually gone through the tutorial on. Um, I think it was called Scary Bugs was the name of the app. I remember it, that one. Yeah, and it was it was basically for uh, being able to you know use uh, uh, archiver to um, zip up a um, your uh, a record and then, you know, email it over to or you know somehow transfer it over to another device and then use use the same you know, in it with coder to unarchive it and put it into your app. And um, how I learned about the NS Key to Archiver was through this tutorial that Ray had written. And so I posted on on the Slack group that, you know, hey, you know, I you know, built my first app and it's still on the store, you know, based around this tutorial that I read on Ray Winderlich's site. And he said, Hey, that was cool. I wrote that in thing. my bedroom at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and you, you think about that. It's, it, uh, it reminds me too. And you, I don't know if you had this feeling back in, in, you know, I was thinking back um, 10 years ago, um, which would be 2004 you know when i'm I'm sitting on sunday morning i used to do a lot i used i was working for you know a regular job and so on the weekends i would do coding and write you know web stuff and php and th- i ran a hockey hockey pool for years and stuff like that and i said it, it was kind of weird because the community was and it's similar to the bulletin board days oh, of yeah. your you're sitting there in and you're working on this stuff and you know that there are other people out there but you really don't know how to you know you just imagine that they're there. You don't have no idea where they are. It's kind of like the zombie apocalypse has has happened and you're sitting with a ham radio and you're calling out, you know, (laughs) to see if anybody responds. And so you're writing web pages and you're putting them out on the web and, and you're wondering like, you know, other than the people who, because I mean, it wasn't really as ubiquitous as it is now. Like not everybody had a web browser, not everybody had a PC at home or a Mac. Right. And we certainly didn't have iPhone or smartphones, Um, and you were kind of working in this sort of, um, you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of this, um, disconnected sense of community,
2: Oh yeah.
0: you know, and it was kind of like, you're putting stuff out there and you're kind of wondering who are these people that are looking at it. Right. Um, so it's kind of neat that we have tools like Slack and stuff like that now Slack for me. I go to the Ray Wendelix thing. I, I I now get up in the morning, check my email, which I still have to do yet today, <laughs> check my email for important stuff, right? And then I basically uh, go to Twitter, see what what the pulse of the nation is, uh, as it were, and then I then I go on on Slack and see what's happening with the with the gang over there and. Um, last night, before I, I you know, I, I usually go to sleep around two or three in the morning, and uh, so just before I sign off, I go and check out what's going on on Slack, and I see Marin and a few other guys. You know, I guess Europe is just waking up over there, and, and uh, you know, I, I kind of just I saw some of the conversations. And I'm like three o'clock in the morning, and they're just and Slack is just starting to heat up, right? You know, it's First, a lot
1: of fun. You know, it's good because there's okay. Remember, we were talking about how the guys in the IT tend to be a little grumpy and their way is the only way and everyone else is wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't have that in the iOS community.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You have people who are willing to go beyond what normal people would do to help others. You have people who are open to learning other suggestions or other ways of doing things.
2: Mm -hmm, And, mm
1: -hmm. you know, having that community of people, there is such an awesome experience, you know, like, uh, I'll have a question and I'll just throw it out there and, you know, sometimes you get an answer back and sometimes you get five answers back.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: nice that when, when someone else has a question, you're able to respond and not be attacked for your response. You know, maybe Mm Maybe this is the way you've always done it. So you reply to the person, hey, give this a shot. And then someone else will say, well, that might work, but try this. But they don't demean you. They don't make you feel stupid. But it's oh. funny that you mentioned, you know, getting books to figure out how to do things. and Yeah. I when, remember when I was saying that uh, I, a lot of things I do, it's because people have challenged me.
2: Sure, yeah. You know,
1: like you can't do this because.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, when I, I wrote my first children's book and published it in like 2006 or something and it was mm-hmm. because they told me you know you, you couldn't it's too big of a project and mm-hmm. there's no way
0: did you, did you self-publish it or
1: i did and i didn't know anything about publishing industry or how to market myself
0: mm-hmm. so i
1: bought this book shameless marketing for brazen hussies <laughs> <laughs> it was the best purchase i could have ever bought myself
0: Wow! Shameless. What is it called?
1: Shameless marketing for brazen hussies.
0: Wow! It sounds like it sounds like a um, a book for streetwalkers.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: maybe it is. <laughs>
1: it, it just it, it contained a lot of information on how to you know
2: ask for money, yourself. ask yeah, for money, and,
1: and it was a book for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I guess in 2006, when I when I published that book. That was technically the first time I ever had an idea and took it from start to finish and just, like, all in. That was it. That's what I was doing.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, prior to that, it was like, yeah, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. I'll try this. I'll try this. But that, that particular project was the first time I ever really knew what I was doing. It was a conscious decision to do that, whereas everything else just sort of happens.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That
0: yeah. was the
1: book. Shameless marketing for brazen hussies. Three hundred and seven awesome money making strategies for savvy entrepreneurs.
0: Well, it's funny because I, I did a I did a gig for a while. I wasn't too, I wasn't really thrilled about it at the time. And in retrospect, I, I, it was very. Everything I've done in my life has, has been good for my where I am today. And like you said earlier, um, but I took a job where I was basically working as technical sales support. And you know, I'd go out with salespeople, and you know, I had to wear a suit which I hated. Um, and we talked about, and the, the idea was I was a Mac guy and, or a computer guy, and I was trying to introduce to the world of printing where they were still using light tables and, you know, Ruby tape and stuff like that, um, to do things, use electronic publishing. Right. And, um, I remember that one of the important things I learned from one of the other guys who was successful as, as a salesperson, they used to always say, you have to, at some point in the conversation, you have to ask for the order. Right. Oh and, Yeah. Yeah, which you know, you always you always kind of feel kind of sleazy doing that. But at the end of the day, but but that's how you get that's how you win the business. You at some point in time, and I learned this again through another buddy of mine at Coach. Is at some point in time you can go in and you can talk to, talk your head head off about how thing happened, how iOS works, how the App Store works, how you get an app done. But at some point in the conversation, you have to say, okay, well, we've reached the point here where now you have to start paying me for my knowledge, right? it's the trying.
1: assumptive close that's also very helpful
0: the assumptive close
1: yes that's mm-hmm. um my son does that great so what time will you be taking me over to my friend's house for the sleepover?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh really that's cool wow
1: <laughs> yeah no it works well i mean even even when we ask our guests to be on the show sure you know we we try and be on can i be on your show by the way Sure. Why not?
0: <laughs> okay. We,
1: we had a blast. I mean, we just, we ask people and and they say yes, which is amazing. But mm. I think part of the reason they say yes is because, you know, we're very, I don't want to sound cocky like, oh, we're positive you want to be on the show. That's not what I yeah, mean. What I yeah. mean is we have a positive feeling that, well, of course they're going to say yes because, you know, if you put it out there in a positive way. Mm-hmm the universe is going to resonate with that. But if you put it out there in a negative way, the universe is still going to resonate with it, but the return isn't going to be exactly what you wanted.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I think part of I mean, I was, I was kind of curious about that, about, about how you get guests for the show. And I guess yeah, it's as simple as just asking. I mean, and that's the thing you'll never know unless you ask, right? And, yeah, well, and- we
1: have asked a very... Fantastic guest, and this particular guest said yes and i'm I'm gonna be really happy if I don't pass out on the show tonight well,
0: you said that you said <laughs> that you said that last week was that the same guest, or was that different guest you we were talking about?
1: same guest
0: oh okay, so you so you're just pumped about and i and it's not will Wheaton right?
1: It's not will Wheaton, <laughs> but we would ask him about cool whip <laughs> if cool it were
0: whip. <laughs> And it's not—it's obviously not somebody who works for Apple because they can't talk to you. Let me think—who else could it be? Oh, I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say. He—he um, he
1: is the Tim Burton in his field. Really? Yes, I—I I am ecstatic that he—he he agreed to be on the show, and I mean, this this individual is just someone who I admire greatly. Wow! So the Tim we, Burton
0: in his field. Now you really got me thinking. Oh yeah. Well, especially when you compliment somebody with that kind of moniker after what you said about Tim Burton earlier. Yeah. Hmm. You know, this is going to turn into a two-part uh, podcast. <laughs> we we've already we've already been on for two hours.
1: I didn't even know we were doing a podcast, so no fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I should be honest with you. We're, we're I was actually going to uh, we're we're doing a best-of sh- show tonight because. Um, uh, one of our guys can't participate, and I've often thought, well, okay, so if one of them can't show up, why don't we just have somebody else come in as a guest, or, or, or in your your style of format, have a have a conversation with somebody, right? Because um, I mean, there are more than just the four of us developers, right? and different perspective then you have a you have a completely different thing actually you know we don't have anybody on the eastern side of the united states hmm, hmm. hmm.
1: i could be the female voice of well you know demands <laughs> but you, but you know
0: what you know what i'm sorry but to your point exactly like we a couple of times now gender bias has come up in the conversation right and because you know a post is written by a woman or whatever and i'm i'm very i'm a feminist right so I'm i'm very sensitive about the fact that you know I don't know if you've been following the thing about women in tech, but they're not getting a fair shake uh, in general. I mean, there's always been the glass ceiling and all that kind of stuff, which I'm sure you've heard of.
1: See, I am probably the worst person to talk to about that.
0: No, and I, and I'm getting I get that because I know I know you said already that you don't really sort of pay attention to those pulses, right? But no, my, it's not
1: that. It's that no one is capable of holding another person back. The moment that you give someone that power, the moment yeah. that I say to you, yeah. you're a man, therefore you're holding me back because yeah. I'm a woman, yeah. is the moment that I will be held back, not because of you, but because of me.
0: Well, I guess here's my point. The reason why I want to be careful on our show about talking about um, issues around you know, being a woman in tech is because the four of us are not female right?
1: Not that you're aware of, right?
0: <laughs> well, I think we're all partly female, but then that's because I'm old enough to realize that that's, that's the case, right? It's but, case. um, it's yeah,
1: not- see, I, I turn myself off from all that. Call me naive, but I have actually not watched the news, like yeah. the mainstream news in, in a long time, maybe, maybe yeah. 15 years. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Because, I found that the more I paid attention to the things I didn't want in life, the mm-hmm. more of those things I received.
0: You're right, because I, I do tend to I tend to go to Twitter now, and, and I don't read everything I, I see because it's, it bothers me a lot, you know, like to, to see this kind of... Again, it's that white knight thing I talked about earlier, right? That I, I want to be able to fix it, and I can't, right?
1: No, you definitely can't fix the world's problems.
0: No, like the uh, what you said earlier about power. Um, it
1: is. You can only give someone power if you choose to give it to them. And, you know, I don't know who knows this and really it doesn't, it doesn't matter at this point, but you know, I, I have survived a lot in my life and Mm -hmm. there were times where people have had power over me and men have had power over me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, I, I was put in situations where I was helpless and mm-hmm. that is a horrible feeling, and that is something that I'll have to carry with me until I die.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
1: I can carry it two ways. I can carry it as a victim, which mm-hmm. is a burden, and it's it's draining, and it's tiring, and it's emotional, and it beats you up daily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I can carry it as a survivor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's definitely way more empowering. But at the same time, you need to be careful with how you use the word and term survivor, yeah. right? Because that can even have a negative connotation along with it.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If
1: you simply just say, that was my experience. And now this is my experience today.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it's all about how you react to a situation. You know, did did I enjoy having been put into a powerless situation? Absolutely not. Would I like to be there ever again? You can bet your sweet ass. Never again would I like to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and but, I can—I'm I, safe enough to, to admit that I I've, I've been put in positions of where I felt powerless too, and, and I I tell, totally relate that I didn't didn't enjoy it at all. Right. So it was very disturbing and very very distressing. You know.
1: Right. And and you have to take the power back. I, it's funny because when I just started this podcast with Felipe, mm-hmm. I went into a group. It was like a webinar or something Mm -hmm. to learn about podcasting. And one of the things that we were even talking about before was that you don't feel like you have confidence. You don't feel like you're good enough. Why would anyone listen to your podcast? What could you possibly have that someone else could be interested in? You are nothing. There's nothing there that you have that anyone would care to hear. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what was running through my head. And when I, when I put that out to the group, I said, you know, I'm not really good at what I do. What's the point? (laughs) The woman told me, and it was the best response ever, and I never really considered it until she said it, that if you know that you are able to do something, stop playing the victim. Stop being the person who doesn't think they're good enough because you're making yourself the victim. And when she said it to me that way, I knew that I had given my power away and I needed to take it back. I needed to have that self-confidence. I needed to understand that, you know what? I am valuable
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: it's a whole different feeling when you're empowered versus when you're powerless, even if it's a perceived powerlessness
0: what what it what it's doing for me personally is it's making me reevaluate my position as a male and and a potential misogynist, right? Um, as I said before, I'm, you know, I, I identify as a feminist and, and I'm, and I'm totally, you know,
1: yeah, but women objectify men all the time and it seems to be a double standard and it's, it's frustrating.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I
1: I see it on my Facebook. People will post pictures of, uh, what's his name? Chris, the guy that played Thor.
0: Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, and
1: forth. you know, you wipe the drool off your keyboard. You make some sort of comment about how gorgeous he is. But if you're a woman, that's okay. You know, you put up a picture of whoever is
0: yeah. a hot woman, and yeah. a man
1: does that, yeah. he gets ostracized. Why?
0: Well, he do- does, he or doesn't he? I mean, it's he some, does sometimes. Sometimes in some communities he does, but in some other communities he's 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 not vilified. But he's, he's like, you know given high praise by his buddies, you know, high fives all around kind of thing. You know,
1: I just think people need to mind their own business,
2: mm-hmm.
0: do what
1: makes them happy and stop trampling on other people in order to do that. You know why the cyber bullying and the bullying goes on?
0: No. Why? Maybe because, it
1: is. because we're not allowing people to be survivors We're we're allowing them to be victims.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not
1: empowering them. We're, we're trying to force the bully to stop what he's doing which you can't do.
0: Right, right.
1: What you need to do is you need to, you need to empower the people to change their reaction to the bullying. Mm. They, need to, they need to be given the tools to deal with the people that are like that. We shouldn't be trying to, to manage people. We should be allowing people to manage themselves.
0: That's great. I'm glad you said that.
1: Yeah, I, I told my kids from the time they entered school, do not allow anyone to take away your power. If you're being bullied at school, we never I'll be honest with you, we never used the word bully mm. in school when my kids were in school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would say if someone's picking on you at school, you need to stand up for yourself. If you see someone picking on someone else, you need to stand up for them too because maybe they're in a position where they can't.
0: Right, right.
1: But but don't sit back and allow it to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think that that's another disturbing sign that, that seems to be happening. But but again, it's it's I think these these are the the kind of sentiments that that need to get out. Out into the wild, and and uh, people really sort of need to start owning, owning their own their own reactions to things. And uh, but again, it comes back to what we talked about earlier about people just don't feel that they have, uh, they don't feel they're good enough. They don't feel they're you know they have something to say. They don't feel that their their work has value. And even you and I talked about sending stuff into Ray, the the rail group, thinking you know they're gonna they're gonna find us out, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I walk that line of. You suck and you're awesome.
0: <laughs> you suck and you're awesome.
1: <laughs> and I usually have one foot on either side and sometimes they change feet and, and I trip and, you know, and it, it goes back to my mood. If, if I'm in a good mood and I'm putting out positive energy, things are moving and shaking and things are awesome. Mm. But when I stop and I think, gosh, I'm no good at this or, or I'm just not doing the best I can, I get more and more junk coming my way that I don't like.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and and everything—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, the energy in this is going to sound so new agey, but the energy that you're putting out there and that you're giving off is exactly what you're going to get back. That, without a doubt, whether you want to think it's magic or the universe or God or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it almost is irrelevant. It doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's a reaction yeah and swinging that background to the the whole business side of things i, I remember a, a consultant was telling me that um uh, when i was talking to him about about going out on my own he just sort of said if you're good enough people will find you you know if i mean if you're good at what you do people will find out about that and they'll allow you to do it and and uh and that's been true for me like a lot of a lot of my business is built on word of mouth and and uh and again i think just by asking asking uh people if you can participate i mean um you know i i was ray was very receptive to my joining the group and um you know he wanted to ask a few things about how long i've been doing this and and i seem i seemed to check off the boxes that he had uh laid out before me right and and i and i've been honest with it on the show i mean like you know when we talk about coding and stuff like that um I'm honest about how I got to where I am today and, and it wasn't through computer science studies and, and the traditional quote unquote roles, roles to getting there. But I think you and I have both proven that, that um, you can become, you can get to this level of, of uh, skill as a developer without having to go, th- you know, by learning it, by, by figuring it out. I mean, I had the same thing. I, you know, got into iOS, you know, pr- full time because I had a client who came along and said, I want to be on this platform. Right. And I said, okay, well, we'll figure it out. Right.
1: Yeah. If if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. And if if you're going along through life and and you feel good, then you're doing something right. And Mm -hmm. when you not, you know, when you don't have that feeling of feeling good, then you need to evaluate what you're doing because you're probably doing something wrong. (laughs) You know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a veterinarian. That's all I ever wanted to be. I want to be a vet. I want to be a vet. I want to be a vet
2: hmm Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when I was fourteen I got the opportunity to work alongside a vet, being a veterinarian assistant and you know, help with operations. And guess what? I discovered it didn't make me feel good. I didn't want to be a vet anymore.
2: Really? You know mm.
1: and it's it's that you have to listen to what your body is telling you. hmm
2: mm-hmm. If
1: if you're not comfortable, if you feel like something is wrong, then something's probably wrong. Wait, you're doing wait. something wrong. Find out what makes you happy and do that. If you're lucky, you'll make some money. If you're not lucky, then try and find a job that you can at least tolerate to make some money.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Well, listen, I think we better wrap up because <laughs> uh, we're going a uh, long time. Two hours of recording, by the way, just in case you're curious.
1: My goodness.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been great, um, and,
1: and you roped me in by asking me about writing. You little
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't really. It was No, it's 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 funny. It's it's, it's it's the the opportunity struck me when we first started talking, and you started talking about stuff that I thought, oh God, this is like stuff that people would want to hear on my on my show, and probably even on yours, right? So. So i figured let's let's fire up we the should reporters. have a
1: crossover show well we we'll have I, all six of us on
0: well it's it's a joke that i did actually i did actually say that to uh i follow um release notes quite a bit and um that's where Charles Perry was the guy I was telling you earlier about the idea about finding a market and building a product for the market uh I saw him speaking at n s north in ottawa and um so I started following his show and then and, and uh joe i almost forget how to pronounce his last name so i'm not going to try but uh i've been following them and it's funny because i find and i hope they don't take this the wrong way but i find that our show and their show are mirrors of each other right they talk about everything but the code and we talk about you know it's more than just a code and we end up talking about the same sort of things and we're we follow the same sort of things online you know and um i mean in terms of in terms of the the topics of the day sort of thing right so and i shout out to their show all the time because i think people should listen to that show as well as I'll well as a, they should listen to roundabout as well i think too roundabout
1: that's just for fun i don't know if anyone listens or likes it but we're
2: having a blast
0: <laughs> well don't you how do you how do you and it, it, we get asked about podcasting which is why some i've been asking some questions about that so how do you how do you manage the uh the stats and, and do you keep an eye on that or do you even care
1: We don't even care. (laughs) I know that's horrible to say. We used to, when we first started, we would look at Libsyn. They have a really nice stats tracking. And we would check it periodically, sometimes multiple times a day. And then both Felipe and I were talking the other day, and it's like we don't even look anymore. We're we are literally doing this show not to make money, not to become famous, not yeah. for anything that you would expect a person to do something for.
0: Yeah. We're
1: literally just doing it so we can hang out together and talk to really cool people. Well,
0: I, I kind of I think of it akin to I mean, like I have I, I work for a couple of professional broadcasters and. Uh, and I see how they do stuff and I've actually gone behind the scenes and, and I actually went into it. I actually worked for a guy who was on, pretty famous on TV here in Canada and I'd been working with him for four or five years. I had never actually gone and seen a taping of his show. So just before he wrapped up the, he's no longer doing that particular show. He moved on to something else. Um, but, uh, I went and I, went, I made a point of going to see, you know, one of, one of the tapings so to sort of see the movie magic that happens behind the scenes. But I see that what we're doing, I think podcasting and I, and I didn't get into it initially, but now that I'm, I'm into it, I like it is, it's akin to sort of NPR, you know, like uh, public radio, you know, cab- having a cable TV show. You know, where you just, you get some airtime and and you you do what you talk about, what what makes, what turns your crank, right? And I think that's what Roundabout's about and it's kind of what we're about. We're, you know, our show is, we're more centric around iOS and development and stuff like that and challenges for developers. But, but I mean, that's why you and Felipe do it is because you just, you have something, you have a conversation and you think people might be interested in listening in, right?
1: I don't even know if we think they might be interested in listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's horrible. I know. I do hope people listen. I do hope that they're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, if, if if we could make the show better for people and that they let us know and be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, that's the hard. Do you ask people to um, review at all? or Occasionally
1: we'll we'll ask for reviews, but, mm-hmm. you know. He's so much better at closing the show than
2: I am.
0: Right, right. Well, I, I'll tell you what I did was was um, um, we I, we initially didn't start off with a, with an introduction, and then Jaime one day just was goofing around with his mic and, and did an introduction. So we started using that. I, I dropped it off because I want to get the show out uh, quicker. But um, one thing I picked up from release notes is I, I, I do a, a recorded an ending and then um, I basically just run that at the end of the show. It talks about, you know, the website and, and where to find us and stuff like that. So, yeah. so
2: Yeah, we have
1: a bunch of different little mini tracks that happen. I mean, we've got the intro, you know, the, the, the countdown and everything. And then yeah. we've got me doing the episode intro.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we've got the show and we have to in the the uh, chaotic chaos questions and
0: yeah that's an interesting little little uh, trick that you guys do I like that piece that's it's interesting I, I've, I've, I've like again this guy I was talking about on TV he has he used to have this this rapid fire thing that he used to do at the end of an interview which was kind of fun because you get people to to be a little bit more honest about it, you know, as opposed to pushing a product or something but I like your I like your your uh, your introduction I like the I like the closing bit with the with the um air raid sirens going off in the back yeah i did
1: there. that in adobe audition i had no idea what i was doing i never yeah. used audition yeah. until the podcast right and i said felipe make a recording about <laughs> zombies so he did and then i had to figure out how to make it sound like an old-timey radio yeah yeah and i think i nailed it
0: <laughs> yeah i'm no, really, it's really that, happy with it it's actually pretty good and i told you i like your little zinger that you put between uh your stinger that you put between uh between cuts, right? So, so that people know that, and it's a good little audio cue because then, you know, rather than the the, the topic jumping, um, the thread of the conversation changes what I'm getting at. I think, right. Or it's like a paragraph or.
1: Yeah. We, we stole that from the end of the uh, intro music. My brother wrote that intro music yeah, for us.
0: Yeah. Oh, the, the part that plays at the very beginning. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So I just stole the end and, and I did it out of necessity I did it because when I first did the editing it was it was a dismal failure and I'm like wow that's real choppy I need to throw something in there so it's not so abrupt Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. and although
1: that sound is rather abrupt it just seems to fit okay Well, like... I'll be trying something new after Christmas. My husband kept asking me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Yeah. So I finally told him, I said, just get me a ukulele.
0: Oh, really? I I picked one up. My, my grandsons got down in school, and I think uh, they know how to play hot cross buns, so... So I went and bought them a couple of uk- ukuleles, and of course, because they're kids, one had to be green and the other one had to be orange, right? Of
1: course, you have to have different
2: colors.
0: And then I, and I bought myself an ibanez, but I, I haven't really played it very much. It's it's different fingering, which is you know always a challenge. It's like learning Java now, right? It's supposed to, iOS. But um, I
1: just switched over to uh, Lua, this uh, kids book that I'm putting out. I actually had another developer do it, mm-hmm. um, but he's doing it in Lua, and I'm going through the code and pretty cool
0: Lou is a language
1: yeah it's a scripting language
0: oh yeah
2: huh.
1: it's very easy to learn Um I've just never had an opportunity to use it before And right. he was trying to do something and he didn't he's he's new to development and he didn't know how to do it and I'm like well just look at the script you know see what see what's trying to happen and
2: yeah.
1: He he didn't have time or he, he, I don't think he felt like he had the ability to do it even though I know he did right I don't think he had the confidence in himself. So I looked at the script and it's really cool. And I sent it back to him like, hey, you can just do this. And he's like, oh yeah. Hmm. So now he's gonna do it, which is great. But it drives me nuts when people don't think they can do something.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, I'm going to close with, with a question that's right up your alley, and, and, uh, and I'd love to see what your answer is, but we're all having a great time writing apps for iOS and for iPhones and stuff like that, but what are we going to do when the zombie apocalypse happens?
1: Well, thanks to my mom who let it slip that I have a zombie shelter, <laughs> I'll be fighting off all the people coming here to steal me out of my zombie shelter. Oh, No. <laughs> Wow. I will I will fight for my family and I will fight for those who need help. Mm. Uh, I know that sounds noble, but it's really not. Um, the, the more likely they are to live, the less likely I'm going to have to deal with them as zombies, to yeah. be honest with you. Now, you know, it's funny you asked me that question because just the other day someone said we were talking about books and everything. And I said, you know what? If a zombie apocalypse ever happens, you can find me at the bookstore. She says, what would you do at the bookstore? I said, I would fortify it, and then I would read. And I would read until I am no longer alive. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Do you ever watch Twilight Zone? Did you watch that back in the day?
1: I love Twilight Zone. My favorite episode is when there is some type of, global event and merges Meredith yeah. is yeah. by himself yeah
0: yeah do you know who wrote that episode that's my i was just gonna say that's my favorite episode as well and he breaks his glasses and can't read anymore yeah do you know who wrote that no woody allen no way yeah yeah figures yeah he that was... is
1: my favorite episode <laughs>
0: yeah mine too I, I like the other one called uh, how to serve man which is um uh, aliens land and they have this big tome and 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 uh everybody's like oh they they want to come and help us and you know be, you know be our our guardians and no
1: and, they don't yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They want to put you in a big pot and boil you up yeah exactly
1: yeah, twilight zone is my favorite favorite i remember before you could have streaming and and the whole box set or whatnot mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: what was it uh is it New Year's Eve, they run the Twilight Zone marathon.
0: Oh, I don't know. Where did they do that?
1: I think I think it's New Year's Eve that they always run the Twilight Zone marathon. I could be wrong. It could be a different holiday. Hmm. But whenever it was, I would just sit there and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. Wow. And in fact, that thing about me not flying—do you remember the episode with uh,
0: okay. William, William Shatner?
1: That's how I fly. I fly just like <laughs> he does.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's what I would do during a zombie apocalypse. I would survive. I would save as many people as I could, and I would read when I'm not surviving.
0: Alrighty then. Well, it's been great talking to you and, and getting to know you verbally. <laughs> We've been chatting back and forth for for weeks. Like. All right.
1: Well, if you have any more questions or whatever, I'll be around on Slack. I won't be around tonight because we got that special guest, but I'll be around. Oh yeah, time. yeah.
0: I'm just I'm, I have to wait with bated breath like everybody else to find out who it is. Yeah, we'll probably put
1: it out uh, Friday.
0: Hmm. So you tape Wednesdays and, and edit Thursday, and then it goes up Friday? Is that how it works for you guys?
1: Uh, we, well,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are the intentions to record it in the evening, yeah. edit it that evening, and then put it out whenever it's done.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, that usually never happens.
0: Well, <laughs> like, fortunately for me, we've gotten pretty good at at, um, at the whole thing. Um And it's becoming a bit routine, which is good because Aaron reminds me whenever I go off routine, but, um, uh, sorry, Aaron, I don't mean to call you out again, but, (laughs) um, it's gotten to the point where the the four of us have got the sort of routine down and we're, we're able, we're not really stepping on each other's toes too much. And, you know, they know to say, let me say that again, if they mess something up and then I'll go back and chop them out. Right. Um, and, um,
1: do you do audio only or video when you're?
0: Yeah, we're only doing audio. audio at this point in time, I and mean, we, we're we're not that big fans of each other. <laughs> but it, and it
1: works okay. I mean, you without seeing each other, you're able to
0: because Aaron's somebody I see you know every couple of months because the Taco Group gets together every couple of months, and and uh, whereas Mark and I, we we you know we work together, we met we've met Mark and I have actually been in the same room we're sorry i shouldn't say that we went to idev 360 idev this year together so we spent quite you know pretty much three or four days together but you know we've only met like physically you know for short periods of time to have a beer when i'm down at wwdc or something like that he'll come up from san jose and you know we'll you know shoot a shit for a while right but um and jaime and i only ever see each other at conferences right so it's a strange thing I, and I, I never really thought about the whole video being able to see each other thing but uh we see our little icons of each other online, and I think that, that seems to be enough, I think.
2: That seems to be enough.
0: Well, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I find that, you know, the, the, we all sort of have taken our different positions. I'm the one that's not paying attention, it seems, and, I, and I'm sort of the, the MC and I, you know, we discuss what, we have a list of topics. I don't know how you guys do, but we have a list of topics we put up on, on uh, Google Docs theoretically we try and read them each before we go in and, and do the recording so, and so we have an idea what the pulse of the show is going to be and then we we discuss before we start taping uh, before we, actually before we start the actual show itself, we discuss what are the top three things we want to talk about and then well, part of our thing, we don't do the questions like you do. We have—we ask for um, a technology piece or a, a, an app that we find that, that's interesting. And um, we each take a turn talking about that at the, the wrap-up, right? Because sometimes it'll be like, you know, uh, somebody will write something cool, some new, you know, um, method or whatever. Did you see that thing on um, – there's a guy who just showed up um, a couple of days ago and he wrote this cool little um, –
1: I saw the link. I actually didn't click on it, but I think I know what you are talking about.
0: The animation where where you have the the placeholder um, names, like you have the UI label or the the text fields with the with the placeholder text, and then when you when you start typing on it, he he takes that text and makes a little floating label that just floats up in the, in a smaller typeface above the field, so you know what the field is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. And we built an app, and that's one of my f- most frustrating things about an app that we built is because uh, from coming from my web days, you know, you want to put a text, I want to say label, you want to put a label, <laughs> and then you want to put a text field, screw the, screw the web people, I'm going to talk about iOS. You put a label on there and you put a text field, and so that, so that somebody, when they put their email address in or their first name or last name, they know what they've put in there, right? But because of the, the limited real estate on the phone, you know, the the tendency has been to make it, um, a text field with placeholder text and then just let the chips fall where they may. Right. And yeah, which I think to as a UX experience is, is not very good, you know? So I, and, and this cool little, uh, yeah, take a look at it. I'm going to see if I can work it into some stuff that I'm doing. And it's, um,
1: yeah, I'll have to take that. I've mentioned him
0: 27 times. I have to look it up and give him a shout out. Oh, uh, Fahim Farouk, uh, he's from he's from Europe because he's seen him talking all the time. And it's called Float Label Fields, and it's on GitHub. It
1: was good talking with you. Thanks again.
0: You too. Yeah, and, and you know, it's seriously, about uh, be really interested to be on your show if I'm if I'm qualified enough.
1: Everyone's qualified.
0: To be on Trust me, we're
1: not even qualified to have a show. So how could you not be qualified to be on
0: it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't tell anybody that much too much. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you on the funny pages. I'll see you in, in Washington for RWWCon.
1: All right, Tim, it was good talking to you.
0: You too. We'll, have a good day. See you on the funny pages. Bye. All right, bye. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, Once again, my name is Tim Mitra. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and my Twitter handle is at T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. And uh, you can find Tammy Korn on Twitter at Paradox927, as well as at RoundaboutFM. And you can follow their podcast at uh, roundabout.fm on your browser. Anyway, uh, thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. These zombies happen to get into your house, go for the brains. We insist I do not don't leave your house. Set the world Thank you very much for your cooperation. Empire, I just want
2: to start
0: If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the more than just code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find show notes and a summary of each episode. We list links to items that we talk about and links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave us a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also retweet our tweets about the show. Once again, our the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And uh, that's it. Thanks a lot.